Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Amazing Grace, Shayla Simpson, Ashley Cruz, Stephanie Beaufield, Alexis Bonet, Bianca Legend, Chanel Divine Sherrington, Lady Sean, Session Divine, Pilar Braxton, Darian Iman, Starbella Biagatis, Michael Iman, Leslie Rage, Lady Baronessa, Jimmy D, Animosity Iman, Tierra Dominique, Naomi Sims, Sahara Davenport, Sheena Black, Tandy Iman Dupree, Michon Black, Queasy St. James Alexandria, Amber Richards, Tandy Andrews, Raphael Velasco, Erica Andrews, Reggie L. Walker, Michael Andrews, Danny Deletto, Shan Covington, Santana T. Summers, Terry Livingston, John Scott, Randy Matthews, Sasha Valentino, Savion Simpson Black, Victoria St. James, Racine Scott, Coco, Tatiana Crochet, Fatima Fox, Dior Dandridge, Avant Iman, Baja, Lady Kateria, Allegra White, Whitney Page, Taj Mahal. The individuals named have become trailblazers, icons, legends in the art form of female impersonation and male lead in some form or fashion. Each one of them gave their time, effort, dedication, and energy to such a legacy that we all have the opportunity to experience even today, whether it's being a promoter, owner, contestant, judge, or even spectator. We all speak your names on this very day. And for all the others we have lost along the way that weren't mentioned on today, 
you matter just as much. This show is dedicated to them and countless others who died but left lasting impressions on the art. I ask that at this time, we all give them a brief moment of silence in honor of their legacies. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. I appreciate you joining us for yet another episode of the Talk with Micah and Friends. This is episode show number 31. Again, this is episode show number 31. I appreciate the love and the support. And remember, if you have any interesting show ideas for any upcoming shows, please don't be afraid to inbox me on Facebook. That's Micah Micah or email thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. Also, don't forget you can subscribe to the show via iTunes. Search the talk with Micah and friends in the podcast library either on your computer or through the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone device. Also, you have hipcast.com, where in the podcast directory you can search the same, the talk with Micah and friends. Let's not forget the site that makes it all happen each and every week, Blog Talk Radio. Simply visit blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah to follow the show as well as take a peek. Within all those sites mentioned, you can go back down memory lane when I actually interviewed Mr. and Miss Black Universe, Black America, Continental, Continental Plus, Mr. Westland, current adult film stars of the adult entertainment industry, legends also such as Tasha Long, Cezanne, Yasmin Campbell Starr, Jasmine Bonet, as well as unmasking individuals such as Nicole Love Dupree and Sasha Sanchez. And please, let's not forget my seven-part Raw and Uncut series, and the two-part HIV-AIDS awareness shows. We have so much to choose from, so again, please check us out at your leisure. After tonight, you'll have 31 shows to go back and listen to. And don't forget our grand, gorgeous, and gag segment featured later on in the show. And remember, if you have any announcements that you would like advertised on any future shows, feel free to inbox or email us at thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. Again, that's thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. Just before we start our conversation with the Patrick contenders, please listen to a brief word from our sponsors. Words never spoken is more than a book. It's a movement. It's for the man that's trapped in the closet, the man that's teaching himself how to lie, how to sneak, how to cheat, how to get over, and how to pass. It's for the little boy that wants to tell his mommy and daddy that he likes boys. It's for the man that will marry a girl knowing he's gay. It's for the man that will almost end his life because he's afraid the truth just may come out. It's my attempt to heal the frustrations that come with being gay, black and gay in particular. It offers permission to just be without apology. What's up, people? This is Craig Stewart. I am the author of Words Never Spoken, a memoir. It's available on Amazon.com, or you can download it to any e-reader. You can even visit my website at www.craigtherwriterstewart.com. You ever heard of Dear Abby? Or what about Steve Harvey's Strawberry Letter? Well, how about Dear Micah and Stephen? 
That's right. Next Tuesday, October 21st, Stephen DeWayne from the Raw and Uncut Shows will be on air with me live, sorting through and responding to your questions about love, relationships, friendships, or just everyday drama. Now, all you have to do, that's right, all you have to do is submit your letter to either me, Micah, or Stephen DeWayne, and we're going to try our very best to provide you with uncut advice to your questions. Now, the interesting part is that any letter submitted to Stephen, I will not know about, and vice versa. So with the exception of whoever your letter was submitted to, it will be anonymous. Now, you're going to actually have up until this Sunday, October 19th, to submit your Dear Micah and Stephen letters. There's no limit to how long the letter can be, but just make sure it's not a novel, okay? Now, remember, make sure you give us just enough so that we can provide you with great unadulterated responses. Stephen and I are expecting at least five letters each, but if we can at least get maybe, let's say, ten in, that'll be awesome. So, listeners, let not time pass you by. Submit those letters now. For all of your graphic needs, choose Ferris of them all photos. We specialize in flyers, promos, logos, airbrushing, and retouching. All graphic services are just $50 and special deals and discounts for multiple purchases. Accepted methods of payment are Western Union, MoneyGram, or Walmart store-to-store transfer. For more information, you can contact Ferris of them all at 504-307-3273 or facebook.com slash A generous portion of the proceeds will go to Team Justin, benefiting kidney failure awareness. You can also purchase a Team Justin shirt for the low price of just $20. Again, that's Ferris Optimal Photos for all of your graphic needs. Hey there, everyone. This is your... Trust me, it gets better. Trust me, it gets better. I've been called every name under the sun. I've been called faggot, homo, sissy, ugly black drag queen, tragic tranny, baboon lips, liver lips, little black sambo, Gatorade, you name it, I've been called it. But you know what I did? I took my life in my own hands, and I went to the bridge, and I decided to jump. Oh, hell no. I decided to throw those names in the river, and I said to myself, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but all those shady, horrible words made me what? Wealthy with mind, spirit, body, soul, personality, and character. And trust me, kids, it gets better. Because talent can carry you where bullying cannot. It does get better. Hey there, everyone. This is your new Mr. Continental, 2015, Joey Taylor of Miami, Florida. And you're listening to The Talk with Micah and Friends. Welcome back to The Talk with Micah and Friends. If you just joined us, you joined at the best time, actually. Um, tonight's show is entitled From a Contender's Perspective. We finally made it to a show where I'm sitting down and having a conversation with active national contenders in the art that is female impersonation and male lead. Since the show's inception in December of last year, I've had the opportunity to sit and have open conversations with legends in the industry, newcomers, reigning national title holders, and in my last installment of Pageantry Chat, nationally respected judges within the industry. But I finally felt it was time for me to sit down and pick the brains of current on-stage contenders, all while getting to know more about the person 
that we either watch, we support, we judge, and sometimes even criticize. Hey, I'm just keeping it 100. So let's welcome to the show from Long Beach, California, a former top five finalist many times over at the Miss Continental Pageant, Miss Fantasia Lamore. Welcome to the show, Fantasia. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm very honored. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm honored to have you. From New Orleans, Louisiana, a top five finalist at Black America, Black Universe, a former Mr. Black Continental, the reigning Mr. Amazon NDU preliminaries to Black Universe, and Mr. Duval, Mr. Valentino Lord Alexander. Welcome to the show, Valentino. Thank you so much, Micah, again to agree with Buddy. I'm honored any lady to have this opportunity. Thank you so much. You're welcome. From Memphis, Tennessee, former Miss Magic City and Capital Grand NBU, Miss Black Continental, and the reigning Miss International Vogue USA, Miss Venetia Bonet Dupree. Welcome, Venetia. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Michael, for having me. You're welcome. From Miami, Florida, a former top five finalist at Mr. Continental, the reigning Mr. Carolina Continental, and Mr. Illusion. Let's welcome Jose Vega. Welcome, Jose. Hey, Micah, thank you for having me on the show. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you guys. You're welcome. Glad you're here. And last but certainly not least, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a former top 12 finalist at Miss Continental, a former Miss Sweetheart International, Black Continental, and Miss Black America, let's welcome to the show Mercedes Black. Welcome, Mercedes. Mercedes, are you here? Or does she have her phone on mute? <laughs> Mercedes, are you here? Well, we'll we'll we, it happens, so we'll just um we'll let her come in whenever um she gets her phone together. But again, you know, all of you, thank you again. Oh, I'm, I'm here. Oh, uh, did you have your phone on you? <laughs> yes, I was having a blonde moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's, that's okay. That's okay. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the platform. Oh, not a problem. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but, again, thank you guys again for taking the time out of your busy on and off stage career to sit and talk with me for a while. Um, listeners, as we go throughout tonight's show, if you have any questions for our guests, feel free to press 1, and we will go from there. Um, uh, don't press 1 just yet, you know, because we haven't really gotten into the conversation. But, you know, later, you know, later on throughout the show, you know, if you have a question or so, just press 1. It will alert me, and then when time allows, I'll, I'll pick the line up for you. But I do have so many questions, uh, which I may not be able to get through tonight, but I'm going to do the best, uh, the best of my ability to make that happen for everyone. So let's go ahead and get tonight's show underway. Everybody has their glass of wine. Everybody's ready? Everybody of course, Val does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So um, I don't so, drink, but I'm ready as well. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Lisa. Now, uh, let's really quickly, um, and I'll, I'll pinpoint, you know, I'll kind of give you a, a, a roll call, so to speak, so not everyone speaks at once. But uh, really quickly, I want you to give us a little background on who you are, who introduced you to the industry, and how they have shaped your career as it stands today. I'm going to repeat it because I do have some two- and three-part questions. So just so you guys know, I will ask and, you know, I will repeat. Um, but give us a little background on who you are, who introduced you to the industry, and how that person or they have shaped you or shaped your career as it stands today. So, Tanisha, you're the first person up. Okay. Well, uh, hello, everyone. Like like I said in the beginning, I am Tanisha Bonnet-Dupree, and uh, I live here in Memphis, Tennessee. 
And the person who started or or kind of introduced me to the art form is Monica uh, Santangelo Dupree. She's she's also here in Memphis, and how uh, she I mean she basically helped me by you know showing me the the ins and outs when it comes to 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 doing drag and as far as the the fashion the rhinestone and the look period. Okay, and so everything that she's taught you. Um, you basically kind of go along with that continuously as you compete in pageants, correct? You would say? Well, 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 that's that's pretty much what she taught me as far as the as getting started. Like uh, everything, everything that I know and do, uh-huh. I pretty much kind of learned uh, from watching and just experimenting. And okay. we both kind of did that at the same time together. Okay. Okay. Good. So Monica Dupree. Okay. Great. Uh, Valentino, you're up next. Okay. Um, good evening, everyone. The person that introduced me to the art form is actually um, a very close friend of mine. We um, graduated high school together. I met this person in the year 1998, and his name is Derek. Um, he used to bring me to these pageants and these shows all the time, and I w- it would just I would just cringe my skin like, oh my god, what the hell is this? Like I just did not want to be in the club. I didn't understand drag. I didn't understand the makeup. I didn't understand why these women were up there, why these impersonators were up there trembling their lips like this. It was just totally weird mm-hmm. to me. And so I had the opportunity to um, background dance for someone, and at that moment. Um, Katie Ray, I'm sure some of you guys may know who Katie Ray is here. She's a local um, rap artist. She said, um, she called my nickname. She said, Taco, I want you, she at that moment she was owning, she was the owner of a pageant. She said, I want you to perform for my pageant. And I said, I don't want to do drag. I don't want to do drag. She was like, no, well, give it a shot as a boy. I want you to perform. I was like, well, Katie, I don't know what to do. This is also new to me. I didn't understand it also. With a little help of, um, Yesha, I hit the stage, and the, from that moment, I, I'll never forget it. It was May tenth, two thousand and six, and from that moment, it was just something about it. The the ambiance was right, the audience was very receptive, and from that moment, um, of course, my be- my best friend Yesha, Miss Westland, um, Grand Empress. She continued to thrust me forward, um, putting me into these patterns, and I was fortunate to um, have a good um, success rate starting out. And I, and the more I, um, the more I competed, I got co- um, captivated by this industry, and it's something that I could not just see me not ever doing or experiencing in my life. And how she continues, um, Katie is very supportive of me. She's always there, brother. How is it going? She is one of my greatest cheerleaders, as well as Yasha and Derek. So okay. I like to attribute the success of Valentino to those three. And 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 Valentino, what about your background? Like, give us a, a little background about who you are. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, background of Valentino or Edward? Uh huh. Or both? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, they're all one in the same, right? Right. Um, well, Edward is um, a 30-year-old male, native of New Orleans, Louisiana, born and raised, NOLA. Um, I am a former school teacher. I resigned this past May to take a job still in education as a fellow. Woo-woo. Um, I am a four-time college graduate, including I have my master's degree, and I am a member, I am an alumnus, I'm sorry, of the Southern University System. Um, I enjoy 
reading. I enjoy traveling. Everyone knows I enjoy cocktails. I enjoy fashion, and I enjoy the art form. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so very much, Valentino. And uh, thank you to You're quite Derek. welcome. Thank you to Derek and Katie Red and, and Yasha for introducing Valentino uh, and supporting him <laughs> in, in the art, and, and as well as Monica Dupree for Stamisha. Okay, Fantasia, you're up. Well, um, I was born and raised in South Bend, Indiana. Okay. And I've always been involved in fashion in some way, shape, or form. Uh, okay. As a kid, I even made doll clothes out of out of tissue paper. Oh. So with that, with that really being um, something that I was really heavy into, I was always doing a lot of fashion shows in the Chicago area, which exposed me to a lot of models. One of those models was Tim Bohar, my drag father, or shall I okay. say my spiritual father. Um, as, and as far as the world of pageantry, it's a little different for me than the world of drag because the first time I did drag was a very typical story. I entered a contest and won, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and then got bit by the bug and it, it continued to do it. Um, I did this contest at a club in Chicago called Club LaRae's. Everybody would know Club LaRae. Mm-hmm. And I performed with a guy by the name of Mark and also Sam Fine, the Sam Fine, the makeup artist. Okay, okay. My very first time in drag, I was totally amazed at at the at the transformation of the makeup. It was just so amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And living two hours from Chicago in route, I found myself looking at my face in the rearview mirror, and I just couldn't believe it. So I came back and I got in a contest again. So that was just that was just a show. It was something that I really didn't plan on continuing. But Mr. Bohar, my dad, mm-hmm. got me involved with the pageant arena as well as my drag mom, Tracy Love, who's from uh, Mishawaka, Indiana, now living in Michigan City, Indiana. So when they introduced me to drag, they introduced me to the pageant world, which started with the continental pageantry system, which was in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So after going for so many times, I just found myself enthralled in wanting to just go and watch and, and with my fashion history, it made me more interested. And then after seeing the one that really inspired me, which was uh, Sasha Valentino at the time, um, mm-hmm. I got started in entering in the, entering the, the continental pageantry system because it was in Chicago. So okay. as far as my roots is concerned, with the whole history of drag and pageantry, it's from Chicago, and I attribute it to Sasha Valentino, Tracy Love, and Tim Bohar. Okay. Tracy Love, Sasha Valentino, rest in peace, and Tim Bohart. Thank you for introducing Fantasia to the art. Thank you so very much, Fantasia, for sharing that. Um, and Jose, you're now next. Yeah, Jose, he's next. <laughs> Jose, Hi, you? I was on okay. mute. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, my name is Jose Vega, and that is my real born name, Jose Vega. It's funny, everybody always asks me, what's your name, Jose Vega? It's Jose right. Vega. I'm from Miami, Florida. Um, I'm the younger of two. Uh, I have an older brother, and I live at home with my mother where I take care of her. Okay. Um, I graduated from college, and I do retail management. And how I got started uh, was 10 years ago, actually, in 2004, when I won my first contest, which was Mr. Florida Continental. 
and I believe that's when Continental was getting started for the Misters. So right. my first experience with Antonio Edwards was crowned. And back then, um, there was not much going on here in South Florida mm. in, in reference to male contests. So I really don't have anybody that I can say, one specific person that I can say that was my drag mother or um, like a father figure. Mm -hmm. I, I've met so many people along the way that I've admired and that have helped me that honestly, the few that I can mention would be um, Erica Norell, uh, okay. Samantha Perez, and the, the lady that took me to my first pageant actually was Amanda West. Okay. But um, I really... I really pick apart a lot of people, and I don't really stay in one place, if you may. I, I'm like a butterfly. Like I've, My growth is basically because of all of the uh, people that I've met along the way and all of the love that I've received because to be a male contender, it's very different from the girls. It's, you know, it's not the same. It's a little bit, I believe, harder for the boys because, you know, you have to stand there in your reel you don't, you don't get to put on anything else. Like, right. what you see is what you get. Exactly. So, for me, it's it's been quite an experience, and um, I really, really want to thank those people, like Samantha Perez, Erica Norell, all those people for being my model figures here in Miami, and I've grown up watching them through this whole experience, and it is because of Continental that I am the man that I am today because of all the things that I've learned along the way. So those are a couple of things that have molded me and made me the person that I am. Thank you so very much, Jose. And thank you, Erica Norell, Samantha, and Amanda West for basically introducing and supporting Jose um, and him wanting to know more about um, that is male lead entertainment. So thank you so much, um, so very much, Jose, for, for that. And last but not least, Mercedes Black. Hi. Well, um, my yeah. name is um, my name is Mercedes Black. Most of my friends call me Rhea. Um, my story is very similar to um, the other panelists. Uh, I come from a very, very small town um, called New Rose, Louisiana, which I don't even think is big enough to put on the map. Um, but at the time, when I came out, I graduated high school and had aspirations to go to college, which I did for a year. Um, some kind of way, I ended up to this gay establishment called Scandalous at the time here in Baton Rouge. And I did not know that there was such a thing as a drag show. I just thought it was a gay club where all these young men went to meet people and, you know, just associate themselves with people that had similar interests. Um, I actually went with my biological cousin because he's gay. So at the time when I went, I just had no idea of what was going to happen. Um, I knew I was different growing up. I'm obviously the oldest of four um, boys that my parents had. Now I'd like to say I'm the oldest girl, but it's four boys. Mm -hmm. um, I went to the club, and I saw this person. He was entertaining at the time. They did have male entertainment here um, as well as female entertainment, and his name is Demario Braxton Black. He was one of the first people that I met in the club. He was very interesting to me. He kind of stood out from everybody, mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I got into it because at the time he was competing in the male pageant. Um, at the time they had a club pageant called Mr. Scandalous, and I was like, wow, that's interesting. So he won the pageant with India Sherry. Well, India Sherry was beautiful. If anybody remembers her, she was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I kind of was like, wow. In my heart, I felt that I was meant to be a girl. But when I saw her, they kind of put the icing on the cake. So he kind of, you know, I kind of told him some things, and we kind of talked. And I, I guess he saw that I was good enough to be a girl. My actual first 
experience. I didn't think I was pretty at all because one of our friends actually did my makeup and I looked like somebody from Kiss or something. But, <laughs> you know, as time progressed, I kind of saw, you know, well, wait a minute, I can grow into this and I can be who I am and be comfortable with that. So he was um, really one of the first people that mentored me and kind of put me, I guess, in the arena to want to continue to do it. Okay. Uh, and meeting him and, you know, him taking me to different places and, you know, getting to know people in the pageant arena, I got to meet Amber Starr, who was actually and who is my drag mom, which a lot of people didn't know that, but she was one of the first people that actually really taught me the side of the business as far as, like, the makeup and the hair and stuff like that. So that's kind of like one of the people that inspired me, um, Amber and Demario. So that's kind of how I got, you know, entangled in it, and it's been just nonstop ever since. And, of course, everybody knows me and DeMario have been dating ever since. So it kind of worked out for me. I kind of got to do something that I really enjoy, and I got to meet the person that I felt like I would be for the rest of my life. So wow, nice love story. I just love it. Thank you so very much, Mercedes. And thank you. A shout-out to Amber Starr and DeMario Braxton Black for introducing and supporting Mercedes um, with, you know, all that is uh, female impersonation. Okay, so everybody got to know you know, everybody, you know, a little bit or whatever. So now we're going to just move on up with a um, with a, a question that I posed to previous guests, and those previous guests was actually national um, judges. So like Rick Finn, Kirk Wembley, um, Skip Mackle from Continental, um, Ken Buford. Um, so, so I asked them this question, and now I'm going to pose the question to you. And the question is, uh, and it's going to go, I, I'm going to pin it to Valentino first, and then we'll go down the line. So the question is, as it relates to pageantry, what was your initial plan? What's currently your purpose? And where does the passion come from that keeps you grounded in this industry? So, again, what was your initial plan as it relates to pageantry? What was your initial plan? What's currently your purpose? And where does the passion come from that keeps you grounded in this industry? Valentino, you're up. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Oh, good question. Extremely good question. Um, let's, hope you're be, let, let, let's hope you're ready. You know what I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just okay. Kidding. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, my initial plans were to um, just, you know, as I said, just coming to it kind of blindsided by everything, not really knowing the off form, just looking mm-hmm. at the glitz and glamour of it. My initial plans were to just hit the stage, look amazing, put on a show, um, get um, grabs fans, grabs supporters, and just do what I do did. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying that I what I grew to love. Um, my passion comes from well, your purpose. No, I'm going to go to that last. One. Oh, gonna okay, go you. ahead. Okay, go ahead. Let me. <laughs> my passion comes from when I see the people in the audience smiling, when I get, when I log onto Facebook, I see the lovely comments. When I'm going to Instagram, I read the comments. When I'm out and about, people, oh, I enjoyed you. You looked amazing. Job well done. You're, um, I'm wishing you the best of luck. My purpose for doing what I do is to embed a legacy in Louisiana for the males. Mm-hmm. When you think about Louisiana, there are so many wonderful, great female illusionists and women that have come from this great state. Paris, France, Tara Lynn, 
Gaffney, Ebony, Mercedes, Saria, the list can go on and on, India, Allegra, Tierra. But when we talk about males, it's very few males that put ourselves on that platform to be exposed, whether it's good or bad. It's very few males. And so my purpose is whenever Valentino calls it quit, that my name will be written in the books as a legend, that those people will say he gave it his all. He was an awesome entertainer. He was a wonderful person. He was a real entertainer. And I feel I'm thrusting myself into my purpose when I when my kids constantly, just on a daily basis, Pops, I love you. I'm proud of you. Or uh, when I log on to Facebook and there's a beautiful message, then I feel like I'm headed in the right direction. Okay. Well, thank you so very much, Valentino, for uh, explaining your plan, your purpose, and your passion. Uh, Fantasia, what about you? Oh, wow. My plan, it seems like when you say plan, purpose, and passion, for me, mm-hmm. it's kind of, um, it, it's kind of somewhat combined. Okay. Um, my my plan and my my purpose is basically when I first started in, in the world of pageantry, I just wanted to be a part of it. You know, I just wanted to do it. I was okay. influenced by a lot of my friends, in, in, including my drag mother, that just pushed me into something because they said you can do it. Mm-hmm. So I can count a number of years that I've done pageantry where I only did it to compete. Okay. But I would say, I would say without a doubt, for sure, with five years consecutively that I've been competing, my plan was to reign. And as far as reigning is concerned, I think that when I look back, and, and I, I hate to use uh, use this as an example, but those that have passed on, mm-hmm. when I think of certain names, I think of what they did, and okay. it and it makes me it makes me feel proud to know that they were someone who was recognized in the GLBT community not only for pageantry but for who they are, right. and they will always be remembered for those accomplishments. And I think that's something that I've always wanted to achieve. And even though I have not yet achieved the actual title, I feel honored just doing this right now to show that I've already done it. You know, I already feel as though I am continental. You know, I, I said that in Q&A when I uh, won my prelim that I feel as though I'm already continental. And I, I just haven't gotten a crown yet. Right, right. You know? But I, I think that just being in this industry and being recognized and um, – and being recognized for your purpose and for your passion, your, your, your passion is something that's very elating to me, and it makes me feel as though I've accomplished something in my life in the GLBT, uh, community, GLBT community because a lot of people outside of the community could care less about the world of pageantry. Right. So for those who care, those are the people who are important to me that I would like to know that I've had a legacy that people can say, oh, she was a great entertainer, and a great person both on stage and off stage. Whether she won a national pageant or not, whenever she competed, she always did well and always brought her best. Right. So I hope that that covered plan. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you did, on page, and I, and I definitely appreciate you said that so eloquently, so thank you so very much. Um, and, yes, you are continental, you know. I believe continental is a state of being. It's not necessarily a title. You know, it, it's a it's a state of being, and so I definitely believe that you are um, you are happy. Um, Tanisha, you're up next. Tanisha here, she has us on mute. 
Okay, I had to get the phone out. Okay. Okay. Well, well, in the beginning, my initial plan was just like how most people start off just for like I I well then it wasn't called the turnabout show. It was just more so like you just did the show for a first time. So I just I did the show that one time and that was my initial plan. Mm-hmm. And then and how Monica got me into it was they didn't have anyone to perform in, in like a trio number that they were doing. So okay. I had to fill in for that. So that's how I basically got into the shows. And and from that point on, my plan has always to be Miss Black Universe. That has been my plan from 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 the moment that I got into the shows, well, the shows. And then from shows, that's when I started to get into pageantry. And, and like, I really, like, I really, in the beginning, did not want to do pageants. I initially just wanted to do shows. But after seeing Black Universe, when Nicole of Dupree gave it up, is when I got the, the, the passion to want to do pageants. So that's how I started to get into pageants. And my passion, I would have to say, is from from seeing is newcomers and and so say underdogs do mm-hmm. good and do well and 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 start to to be better because I put myself in this situation because I was in the situation before when when people looked down on me or didn't give me any help. So that those are the ones who I look to and who gives who gives me my passion to want to keep going in this art form. And and I would have to say uh the purpose uh-huh. Oh, I mean pretty much I mean I pretty much summed it up and all of that. I I just want I mean to to leave a lasting mark on everyone. Okay. Whether it be shows, pageantry, real life direct just just leave a lasting impression on everyone. Thank you so very much. Initial, very well said. And Jose, what? Tell us your initial plan, your purpose, and your passion. Well, my initial plans, uh, like any other young boy at my age, I was just twenty-four, and um, I've been singing since I was five years old. It's all I ever did when I was young, and I had the stage parents that took me to every show that existed just to get me that record deal or just to get me on TV, that did not work out for one reason or the other. And growing up as a gay male, I always knew that there was a place for me in the entertainment industry. I didn't know if it was going to be Hollywood, but I knew that I was meant to be on stage, and I knew I would end up entertaining somehow. So when I first did my pageant, I went in there not knowing what I was getting myself into. I was just, okay, it's a contest. I'm going to make a little bit of money. It'll be fun. And little did I know that years later... It's not just about doing pageants anymore. And that's where the purpose comes in. Because my purpose has become to be the best entertainer that I can be in the realm that I'm in. A lot of the boys, a lot of the male entertainers are underestimated. They're pushed to the side. And let me tell you, for me, I feel as though the competition that I enter every year in Chicago is getting better and better and better, and the males are starting to come out of their shell, and they are giving everybody a run for their money. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I say that as a proud contender because I'm happy to see that I'm competing amongst all these guys that are actually taking a step forward and, and taking themselves seriously and taking this category serious, which is male entertainment. Um, and the passion that I have for this industry has grown throughout the years, and I can feel it in the way that I want to look when I'm on stage, when I want to be on time somewhere, when I want to be part of a talk show like this, when I want to just go on Facebook and, and create a page where everybody can go and talk and communicate and, and let each other know how they're doing and, and just bring bring up a brotherhood that can, that, that can be created uh, in this industry that can sometimes be a little bit rough around the edges. You know, sometimes there's a little bit of, oh, I think I'm better than the other one or you know, so I I like to look at the softer side of it all and like to think that we're a big family. And at the end of the day, we're all representing the same thing. We're all after the same dream. So why not get along and enjoy it while we're at it? So that is my passion, my purpose, and my plan drawn out as we speak today. And, uh, and I, I will say thank you so very much, Jose, for, you know, creating that group, you know, with um, the Mr. Continental contestants because just to be able to see everybody rally around each other and, you know, like you said, show that brotherhood and everybody just kind of congratulating each other and pushing each other towards that one common goal that everyone has, which was being, you know, Mr. Continental 2015. So I definitely appreciate that, and I'm glad that it's still going. And, and I think more kings out there need to do that very same thing, kind of rally around each other and support each other because um, it definitely goes a long way. So, again, thank you so much, so much for that, Jose. Um, and Mercedes, you're, you're the you're the last one. So um, tell us about your okay. initial plan, your purpose, and where does your passion come? from? Okay, well, being that you're asking me that now, looking back at it so many years ago, my initial plan, um, I guess, being that I'm in the south, and of course, you know, in the south there's a pageant like basically every week, if not every weekend. Um, at the time of just coming out and not being as educated on the industry as I am now, looking back, I think my initial plan was just to kind of win every pageant and. You know, every pageant that came, you feel you have to win it. And, you know, that's how it was back then. Like I said, we didn't have, like, a lot of mentors. I remember one time Paris won Black Universe and um, Black America the same weekend. So Mm -hmm. to us coming from such a small town, it was kind of like, oh, you have to win every single pageant. And what I found through the years that, you know, there's a lot of pageants, but being a part of every pageant doesn't necessarily make your brand any bigger than it already is. Mm Um. You know, looking at it now, I just think that my passion comes from the fact that I think I've made a name for myself that is very positive. And, you know, hopefully being that there's people that's coming behind me, I can leave some type of uh, embrace and walk on them, should I say, so they can understand that some things are not just a microwave process. You know, you can't have success overnight like some people think. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, you know, I didn't have a lot of mentoring, but, you know, hopefully I can teach someone that has come out behind me, that it's okay to take your time. You know, things happen in their own season. Like with Fantasia, you know, I know she's been doing Continental for a while. And to me, it just shows that she's resilient and she can bounce back. And to me, when you have that in you, it doesn't necessarily make the title because you're already still inspiring people, and that's something that I had to learn. You know, there's a lot of patients out there, but sometimes you have to just trust the instinct of yourself and market yourself, because before you can represent society, you have to be a positive representative of who you are. So, you know, when you're doing that, there's people that you can touch along the way, and they'll say, okay, well, she did it the right way. You know, she wasn't um, greedy, and, you know, she didn't have to have every type. I just think 
with me learning as much as I have now. And like I said, back then, now knowing the history of where the pageants come from, knowing the struggles that some of the former entertainers um, had to go through for us even to be accepted, I think learning that and knowing that now, it makes a big difference when you can actually research these things as opposed to just saying, well, I want to be a part of a pageant, but you don't even know why. So I think that's where my passion comes from, being an inspiration to the, you know, younger generation because they need that. And I just think at this time and age, people should not have the wrong directions taught to them because there's too many things that they can do to get the right help. You know, Internet, there are so many girls now that's willing to help and, you know, like myself, um, so I just think that's where my passion and my purpose comes from. But my real purpose now is not so much about competing in a pageant. It's about, like I said, being a motivation, being an inspiration, you know, that sometimes you have to take a break from the pageant to get yourself together because a lot of people don't know in my daily life I'm an insurance agent. And sometimes you have to have a plan B because everybody is sad to say everybody in the industry is not going to be as successful as some of the other girls, like Tommy Ross, she's been doing it for a zillion years, and she has still managed to stand the test of time. Everybody's not going to be at that level of, of success, so you need to learn at an early age that it's okay mm-hmm. to then try to do other things to make sure that you have a platform to stand on, whether it's a pageant, whether it's a nine-to-five job every day. You have to have some type of background that you can fall on just in case this doesn't work, and I think some people get caught up in the habit of doing pageants and that's all they see, and they, they need those role models to teach them. You can do a you know, other things, don't just subject yourself to doing a passion because sometimes you'll walk away disappointed. And when you walk away disappointed, it can leave you broken and, it, you know, just stuff like that. So that's where my purpose and passion comes from, Pe- teaching people have more than one thing going for yourself. So that's definitely. basically, you know, how I feel about it. And thank you so very much, Mercedes, um, because you definitely, you spoke there, honey. <laughs> you know, um, and, and I love that you have you have to be an inspiration. And, and, and you know, all of you, I know that, you know, you have careers, outside of, you know, outside of on stage or being on stage or, or um, you know, competing. So, you know, you guys are a perfect role model for what the new generation needs, you know, to know that it's not just about competing in the pageant or being on the show, you know, especially if you can't make, you know, pay your bills with it, you know. So it's good to have right. a background to be able to have a job and do those things. So I definitely respect all of you um, for being able to do that. And so when we spoke about plan, we spoke, you know, uh, just some of the words that I jotted down was, you know, some plans were to, you know, put on the show, be a part, you know, reign, have fun. The purpose, you know, was that, you know, the legacy, you know, um, be the best entertainer that I can be. Passion, you know, what people said uh, or you guys said that, you know, the people, the supporters, um, the people that came before you just watching, you know, um, having a, you know, just a positive outlook. And as you said, Mercedes, you're just making a positive name for yourself and being the best inspiration to others. So, again, I appreciate that for the, the plan, purpose, and passion piece. So um, I'm going to um, ask all of you, um, and but I'll, of course, pinpoint, and then we'll take a, a quick break. Uh, what's the hardest thing, Valentino, what's the hardest thing about getting ready for a contest or a pageant? So in your experience, what's been the hardest thing, you know, as far as getting ready? For me, the hardest thing in terms of preparing for a contest is that um, that innovation, that creativity, that that zeal, that that drive to first of all want to win this competition. Secondly, to not only when I go on stage, because you of course, regardless of contrary to what people say, we we, we get that, that there's a set panel of judges. 
who would decide whether or not we are fortunate to have this opportunity to win a reign for whichever system we embark upon. But still, there are hundreds of people in the audience who you still want to impress, and you still want them to enjoy what you have presented. So for me, it's it's, it's taking all of those um, factors in and saying, okay, first of all, Valentina, you have to be better than you were the last pageant. You have to stay true to yourself. That's one thing I am going to always be. I can, I, there are trillions of inter- male competitors now, and there are, I don't need to be uh, El Milan. I don't need to be uh, uh, Monty St. James or Darius Black or anyone. I just need to be true to Valentino because there is only one me. And so the hardest part about it for me is literally sitting there just thinking, okay, what talent will you do? Knowing the system, okay, what do they like? What do you think they will like? Well, what do you think they will want to see from you? Or what have you not shown them? What side of Valentino have you not shown them? I believe that this industry is derived from versatility. I think that's what makes a great entertainer is that is the fact that you can wear a simple suit, you can be extravagant, you can you can do a nice talent, you can do a production. I think all of that makes a dynamic entertainer. So those are the factors that I consider personally when I'm preparing for a competition. And, and Valentino, what, what's your process to becoming better or just as good as you were the last time you stepped on stage? You know what, Micah, that is the best question you've probably asked me. For me, being in the same position that I was in, and I don't really want to talk too much about this, you know, about the um, – systems, pinpoint systems, but right. in retrospect, I'm looking at being, um, when I got, I did Mr. Black American, I um, re- I was fortunate to become first runner-up, and then um, last year, I did Mr. Black Universe, and I was fortunate to become first runner-up, mm-hmm. and so for me, the the process for me was totally different this time. I didn't, I didn't overthink anything. Okay. I, I, I knew, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew exactly what I wanted the judges to interpret. I knew what I wanted the ju- the audience to interpret. And I knew that I could put this plan of action into, um, into force. The, the, the first initial step for me was just sitting there. Honestly, it was just thinking in retrospect about, first of all, where, where did I go wrong? And right. thinking about, um, question and answer and what could I, yes, you clearly misunderstood the question, but, even if not so, what could have you did differently in presentation? What could have you done right, differently right. in sports or talent? All of those uh, key components would, um, helped me toward my preparation this year. And I can honestly say it's been a different type of ride for me. It's it's almost scary. I've never I, – I, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of that night, November <laughs> 2nd, but I am excited. Like just sure. hearing Jose and his excitement, his momentum, and his zeal is just fuel for me. You know, as a male competitor, um, I'm excited to show off what I've worked on the past few months. And um, hopefully, regardless, and I, and people, I know we say it all the time, and people are like, they're just saying it. But this is sincere, real, from the bottom of my heart. Regardless of what happens at the end of the night, I am fine because I gave it my all, and that's all I could have done with okay. what I was given. I gave it my all, and it's all it's going to be left out on the table. That's that's the way the cause will fall at the end of the night. Okay, it happened that way. X, Y, Z, but I, I know it was that self-fulfillment for self. I, right. I did it my way. I truly did it my way this time. 
I I didn't have the oh well you know they like this do you know they like that and I right, sat right. down by myself not a, not a group of people not my best friend Geisha not the Ebony not all of these people okay Taco well you know this and this I sat down I watched the tape I saw my flaws okay that's out the way now what are you going to do to move forward because it makes no sense to ponder on a past um, my pastor always says it and it's so real to me, he always says, your post, your pity party postpones your victory celebration. I'm, I just don't have time to sit around and mope about what could have happened, what should have happened, or what actually transpired and moved forward. So um, I'm excited. I, the, you know, my first steps was just sitting there getting yourself together and seeing, okay, Taco, are you solid on these ideas? Is this really what you want to convey? And once I knew, once I got that um, innate Emotion. I knew this is what I wanted to do, and this is what I'm going to present. And it hasn't changed, Micah. It's been that from day one. The same ideas that I've had from when I initially said I'm going to go back have stuck with me. So I'm excited. And and, and that you should be, and that's something that I, I spoke about, you know, uh, on the judges' show. I spoke about, spoke about it with the newcomers and a couple other shows is that, you know, you know, just as a judge and being an advocate, I firmly believe that when you step on the stage, and this is to anybody, when you step on the stage, when you are comfortable and you're content and you're giving your all and what you present on that night or those nights, at the end of the day, if you win, hooray, hoorah. You know what I'm saying? But in the event that you do not, that doesn't mean anything. You know, it just means that you don't have the title. But I've seen people who have presented their very best self and not necessarily win still be proud of what they present. And so that's what I really want, you know, everyone to, to understand that everybody's not going to be the winner. You know what I'm saying? But when you have that mental, right. you already know from the beginning. I already know what I'm getting into. I'm taking a risk. I'm taking a gamble. But if I can be on stage and I can present the very best me, and then it goes over well, and I'm and I'm content, and I'm fine with that. That's all that matters. So again, you know, I just want to know, you know, what your, what your process was and things of that nature. So thank you so very much. And again, good luck. Um, good luck in a couple thank of weeks. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank uh, you, Jose. What's the hardest thing for you about getting ready for a concert? Oh wow. Well, <laughs> it was a long year for me. I'm going through that right now. I, I mean, I just came back from Chicago, and huh, last year I was—I uh, never imagined that I would have ever made second runner-up in Mr. Continental. Like I've been doing this for a while, and for me it was unreachable. That's that's how in awe I was when I was named second runner-up. To me, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And then this year, I was like, okay, so how do I top myself now? And I want to say that I went in there overthinking a lot, mm-hmm. and um, it it got the best of me. Um, again, I won interview this year, and that's something that I thought, oh, I'm never going to win interview. There's no way. And here I go. Again, I guess in a way I topped myself in that category because I had never been a category winner. So it's, and, 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 you know, interview is kind of nice because it, it, it it kind of shows that, you, you know, what you're talking about and you have a, a certain vision and they click with you. Mm-hmm. So, again, from the beginning of the pageant, I was happy that I had won that category. But the hardest part for me um, was listening to so many voices and, and mm-hmm. people just, you know, oh, you should do this and you should do that and pulling you from one side to the other. And I learned this year that you have to listen to yourself. Because at the end of the day, when you walk off that stage, you have no one else to hold responsible for but yourself. You know, you have to take responsibility for your actions. And if you decide to do something that you're not comfortable with, it's going to show on stage. Mm -hmm. 
if you're not comfortable doing something that you're that someone told you to do, and you're gonna you're gonna be thinking I should have done what I wanted to do, and that honestly that's what happened to me this year. I had other plans and I wanted to do other things, but I wanted to take myself and put myself outside the box and I wanted to do something different because as an entertainer it's okay to take a risk there's nothing wrong with it it shows versatility it shows that you're willing to take that extra step just for the entertainment value and that's the way I look at it and at the end of the day when I went home I have no regrets I, I had a good time and I did the best that I could as Jose Vega the contender to make myself happy and to entertain. And you know what? Just because it didn't work this year doesn't make me lesser of a person or lesser of a contender, lesser of an entertainer. Mm-hmm. It just means that I have to go back and regroup. And, and, you know, there's always next year because my dream is to be Mr. Continental. So I ain't going nowhere yet. But <laughs> and, we, definitely. and we definitely don't want you to. So, Jose, would you say the hardest part was more so just focusing on what you wanted to wanted to do versus what other people wanted you to do? Exactly, exactly. All right, thank you so much. And Miss uh, Mercedes, what 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 is the hardest thing about getting ready for a contest or a pageant for you? Oh, I think the hardest part for me, I have to say, is trusting people. Um, because in this industry, you just never know. People have so many faces, and it, it's already very difficult to get ready for a pageant, but when you have people who you assume to have your best interests at heart, I just feel like in this industry it's very easy for a person, should I say, to jump shift. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, I'll give you an example. If, Like Jose just said, sometimes you already have an identity, and when you're very strong-willed and you know who you want to be and what you want to be, sometimes people tend to fall off, should I say, from you when you decide, well, I want to do this because it's who you believe you are. Well, you have people that will say, well, oh, well, we're just going to go with the person that is going to do what I want them to do. And I just think, like you said, when you stick to yourself and you're true to who you are, I think things work out better than that. And, you know, for me, I've been burned a lot with that because people will make me promises. Everybody knows that sometimes I've had issues with talent. Uh, most of the time I'm sure you guys have seen me do pageants and I've done talent as well as by myself. Well, that's, that's the reason for that. You know, people that make false promises and, you know, people will say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. We're going to show up and we're going to do that, but it never happens. So I think the main thing for me is the hardest part is just trusting people mm-hmm. because whether you pay, and I've learned, even though sometimes you have the means and the financial support to pay people to do things, sometimes they still will fall through. So I just think I have a hard issue of trusting people, especially the ones that sit down and say, well, I think you should do this, but then when it comes time for the pageant, that person is nowhere to be found, and they had all these opinions prior to you preparing to compete. So I just think that's a major issue for me, and mm-hmm. I just I just think it's very sad because I feel like prior in the conversation, we all have our purpose, and I think it's very disheartening when a person doesn't believe in your purpose that says a lot about their character when they're trying to throw you off your goal of what yeah, you want to yeah. accomplish because my message may not be your message. And, yeah. you know, just because I'm not a dancer and I can't fall out the ceiling and do flips, that doesn't make my passion for the art or, you know, my drive for this any more, any less than anybody else. I'm just not that person. So I just think I really, really have a bad disposition when it comes to people not keeping their word. I think if people started to do that more, I think our community would really just grow more as a whole. So I just think that's one of my pet peeves, you know, and I have an issue with that. 
Thank you so very much. So, so Mercedes, really quickly, how how do you move past that when when you start to look at future competition and getting ready? As far as well, I, I just try to always go back to what I believe in. I mean, if it's meant for me to be, I just feel like this. If it's meant for me to be something, mm-hmm. if I'm going to win a pageant, I still have to stick to my guns. Whether I have thirty people behind me or right. two people behind me, because at the end of the day, it's still something that I chose to participate in. And I, like I said, I still have a message that I feel that I want to display to people, you know. And sometimes, like I said, it's, it's okay to not always be the most popular because sometimes the most popular person is the one that's the most unhappy, right. if you know what I mean. Because the most sometimes the most popular people are the ones who are living behind a mask. And I've never yeah. lived my life like that. So, you know, sometimes just because you seem most popular, you're going home and you're probably not as happy because then you have to live up to this hype that everybody has created for you. And I would rather just continue to be myself and let my life shine through that as opposed to being something that I'm not. Okay. Well, thank you so very much, Mercedes. Appreciate it. And Fantasia, what's been the hardest thing about getting ready for a contest or a pageant? Or let's say what's been the hardest thing about getting ready for Continental? Uh, <laughs> I have two minutes for you, two to three minutes. <laughs> um, I, oh my goodness! I guess in a nutshell, for me, mm-hmm. and only speaking for me specifically mm-hmm. uh, with Continental, is I, I think with any contest, when you have um, multiple first runner ups, and I was first runner up twice, and second runner up once, and I've always done very well. Um, with Continental, and I think that when you have that under your belt, I feel as though sometimes you're not judged the way other people are judged because now you're being looked at with a magnifying glass. Mm. You've already set certain expectations for yourself. Um, but as far as as far as I'm concerned, um, I can relate to what Mercedes was saying about trust. Mm-hmm. However, I am very confident, and I've been very very blessed so blessed, and I thank God for it on a daily, that I've had such a great team of people behind me who I trust. Right. Now, they don't make decisions for me, but I'm always one who gives the benefit of the doubt, and I want to hear from every person that I trust, and then I draw my own conclusions from that. Um, but, but getting back to what I was saying about um, being looked at with a magnifying glass, it's very difficult to have that in your mind. And on, a, on top of that, I'm competing against no one at all except myself when I've done so well. Right. So I think that's the hardest part is like, oh, my goodness, now what am I going to do? You know, right. What now? And, right. and then, you know, making a change. Like, well, let's try something different. Let's take a risk. But knowing that you have that first runner-up thing under your belt and, and this light that shined on you, you know, is it, is it good to try to take that risk and trying to make those decisions? At the end of the day, going back again to what uh, Mercedes said earlier, which was um, actually I touched my heart when she said it, and I was just so um, happy to hear that from her. So thank you, Mercedes, for saying that I that I own this resilience, which is extremely mm. important in any industry and in anything where there is any type of, of competitiveness involved. Right. I've always taught models back in the day when I used to teach modeling and then, again, going back to Tim Bohar and, and a lot of other models that I worked with around over the years, you have to have what they call a thick skin. You have to have that resilience and, and being able to 
to know that you're not going to let that bother you and move on and do your very, very best. Yes. Because every single year that I have not done well, as far as the contest is concerned, I'm always happy. I'm always, I'm, I immediately pack, I immediately go out and I immediately greet people with a smile on my face. I am a team player and I am definitely not a sore loser because I have that resilience. But having all of that under your belt and trying to compete against yourself is Mm. probably the most challenging thing for me in addition to, you know, time and sacrifice and financial issues and things of that nature, which is also uh, kind of difficult to get ready for a national contest of that level because you're going to do something. You have to do it right. That's right. You have to. (laughs) Sometimes it it costs in order to do it right. right. So, you know, I can go on and on about, you know, things that are challenging when getting ready for a national competition. Well, definitely appreciate it. And what I what I love about you, and, and I say uh, all of you, um, is that, you know, having that resilience and, and being able to just go out and, and push through and, and still be supportive of the contest and be supportive of the contestants. And I think, you know, like Mercedes said, if we all could just give a little bit more of that contestants, if we all could just give a little bit more of that, you know, you know, pageantry will be a much happier, um, happier place. Um, and last but not least, uh, and thank you, Fantasia, last but not least, Felicia. What's the hardest thing about getting ready for a contest? And then after your response, we'll go to a quick break, and then we'll um, we'll pick up where we left off. Okay. The, the hardest thing for me in getting ready for a contest is the actual preparation, and that's because I'm, when it comes to me competing, I don't really have a lot of creativity because okay. I'm, I'm simple and plain, so, so you know, I'm not a break-it-up girl. Which okay. Is what now is which which is what now they seem to look for in pageants. So so I don't have the creativity to to break it up. So say for the category. So it's kind of hard for me to to come up with ideas. And and I don't have I have I have a few supporters, but I don't have just a big support system. And and like Mercedes and Fantasia both said, as far as you have people who say they're going to do things, but then they don't do them. So then once you do things the way you want to do them, people have a problem with them and they have so much to say. And right. then, okay, so my thing is if you have some, if you have a problem with what I'm doing, then you need to contribute contribute so it'll be the way you want it to be. And so then, so I'm coming with nothing. I'm going, I'm going to continue to do things the way I want to do them, and if that, if that doesn't work, for for me, then I'm fine with it. But and I also like Fantasia and Mercedes. I have to stay true to myself, and I can't be who they want me to be. Which is why I feel like I don't so say do well to others in pageants is because I'm not being who they want me to be, and I can right. only be me. And and you can't expect me to go out on stage especially in a pageant, and do things that I don't want to do and for me and for it to come across comfortable and it looks good. I I don't have a poker face, so if I'm not comfortable with something, it's going to show. That's why I, I'm, I'm more so consider myself. I like doing pageants and I like competing, but I more so like reigning and doing shows because doing that 
I can be who I want to be. I don't have to be who they want me to be. Right. And and I feel like in in pageantry, people for who they want to be instead right. of trying to make them into something. Mm-hmm. Because at the, at the end of the day, like I said, when 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 that rain happens, you're going to have to accept that person. You know what I'm saying for who they are. Exactly. So you might as well accept them as they're competing. But but thank you so very much. And what I've heard, you know, from from Jose, Valentino, Fantasia, Tanisha, and Mercedes is, you know, the hardest part has been, you know, the focus, um, the innovation, being creative, um, the pressure that that can come along with it, and the trust. So I'm sure that there's many competitors out there that can um, kind of go along with you or um, kind of say, yeah, you know, I, I'm in the same boat, but at the same time, I think even having the conversation kind of just pushes you um, to do better or to um, – make sure that hardest part becomes an easy part for you. So, again, thank you so much. So what we're going to do now really, really quickly so you guys can catch your breath, um, we're going to go to our Grand Gorgeous and Gag segment, and then we have a a quick word from a sponsor, and then we're going to be right back. So, guys, hold the line for me, my listeners. If you have a question, you can press 1. Of course, I have many more for them as well. So just hold the line for me. Hello, it's Chris McKinley, and I'm here with today's portion of Grand, Gorgeous, and Gag. So, I want to share with you guys three very unusual tools that I think every drag makeup kit should contain. The first one being Elmer's Glue Stick. Now, this works perfectly to conceal eyebrows. I mean, come on, not every drag queen wants to cut up her eyebrows right before the show. So, you just apply this directly to the eyebrow. It will take a few applications, but once you're done, you'll use a spoolie, and you'll use the spoolie or the mascara wand to blend in the glue with your eyebrow hairs. And then after a few applications, just dust it with some powder, conceal, and apply your foundation. The second tool is hairspray. Just as hairspray works to keep your hair together and hold it longer, it will do the same for your makeup. Just mist some in the air and walk into it, and watch how it gives your makeup longevity throughout the night. The third tool is deodorant. Deodorant is a natural antiperspirant. That's what we use it for, and it will work the same way in the T-zones of your face. Anyone have problems with oily skin under the light? Well, this is going to help. It's going to help your face to mattify and to stay that way for a much longer time than without it. Again, I'm Chris McKinley, and I hope these unusual tips work out for you. This is Grand, Gorgeous, and Gag. Greetings from the land of Westland. Inviting you to Mr. and Miss Westland 2014, I'm yours truly, Tariko Ross St. James, honoring myself and Solange Tasaki Dupree. Categories include presentation, green and white self-expression, fashion, female's evening gown, male sportswear, talent, and question and answer. This November 16th in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Jungle Nightclub. Having you there makes a difference. Hello, everyone. This is Cameron Black, Mr. Black Universe, and I'm taking this opportunity to invite you all out as I relinquish my title October 31st through November 2nd here in Atlanta, Georgia. And if you haven't done so, go ahead and download the MBU Pageant app in the Google Play Store for all you Android users. Now back to the show with Michael and friends. And thank you so very much um, to Chris McKinley. Um, you can, for our Grand Gorgeous and Gag segment, you can go to styleseat.com forward slash pleasure paint. Again, that's styleseat.com forward slash pleasure paint um, to book him for your upcoming show, for your upcoming pageant, 
or if you just want to go out to the mall and get dialed up real day, um, go, get dialed up for that particular day, you can go ahead and um and hit him up. So again, that's Chris McKinley at stylesleep.com forward slash pleasure paint. Thank you so very much to Teresa Ross St. James for advertising uh, Mr. and Ms. Westland that will be held in Atlanta, Georgia, and to Mr. Cameron Black for advertising Mr. and Ms. Black Universe that will be happening um, at the end of this month, Halloween weekend. Okay, so let's go ahead and get back into the discussion. Is everybody here? Everybody had their drink and everything? Yes. Okay, great, great. <laughs> so this one, so, so as we go forward, I'm not going to necessarily ask for a response from everyone, but I will pinpoint just individuals or one individual to, to of course, um, give me their response, and we'll move on. But if there's someone that has a dire need to, to tag in, you know, go right ahead. So where do I want to start? Um, let's start here. And I'm going to go to, who do I want to ask the question? Fantasia and Valentino, okay? So make sure you guys are on deck. Um, honestly, I'm personally bothered that people think in certain regions of the country that a sickening promo constitutes a successful reign in pageantry. So the question to Fantasia and Valentino, um, what do you believe speaks to a representative having a successful or sickening reign? So I'll let Fantasia answer that, and then I'll give Valentino the second part. What, what, what do you believe? Okay. Honestly, for me, for me, I'm personally bothered that people think in certain regions of the country that a sickening promo constitutes a successful reign in pageantry. So what do you believe speaks to a representative having a successful or sickening reign? Well, I think that that, I I personally think that, you know, you heard that old saying that a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh In reference to this question, it does not equate to that. Because um, there there are lots of of, of great promos uh, on billboards, but it doesn't mean that they're selling it doesn't mean that they're selling anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have to touch base on this because the first thing that came to my mind is the fact that, you know, I take a lot of photos, and, and I, I like documenting what I, who I am and what I do. But I have, to, I have to bring in to interject how proud I am of my son, Khalil Valentino. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2014. And mm-hmm. when you think of his reign, and the things that he did and made himself so out there and so noticeable mm-hmm. and so approachable and, and 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 promoting on Facebook and, and and going all these different places, it was equivalent to all of the fabulous photos that you've seen. Most definitely, so, I agree. <laughs> those, those, those photos, they represent what he did to back those up. Now, there are mm-hmm. some photos that you can think of, but... You just think of the photo, but where right. where is the person? What has mm-hmm. this person done? Mm-hmm. And I I think that you know it just goes to my 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 personal quote, and it's not mine personally because everybody everybody knows actions speak louder than words, and of course pictures are worth a thousand words, but in some cases they're not. So gotcha. that's the best way I can answer that question. Yes, I love it, Fantasia. I really really love it. I mean, and and. 
Khalil, he he knows I love him to death. So, you know, he, he definitely has sickening promos, but I think for him, you know, it was beyond that. You know, like you said, it, it was what he did and what he did throughout his reign making himself marketable and out there and personal to, to all that he came in contact with. That's what really made the reign for him, just a, a, a quick plug to Khalil. Um, and, and Valentino, what would you say to the spectators who only look to what a person does promo-wise to validate a successful year for for that representative? So what would you say to those that just think because you, you have a Sydney promo for for that year, you've done your job? What what would you say to them? Valentino, are you here? Or are you have me on mute? I'm talking that I was on mute. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> My stance on the whole um, promo um, ideology that that constitutes a successful reign is that's nuts because half the time those people that you see in those promos, they're not showing up at the places that they're booked. When you see that beautiful, flawless-skinned individual who's dressed to the nine in his promo, but then you see them on the stage, you're like, well, girl, what? Uh, This makeup does not resemble what this picture says. I I don't believe at all. I do feel that um, promos are just that, promotion. I believe that it plays a part in a great brain. But you can drop 100 promos, and every time they see you, you are fooled. That that makes no sense because at the end of the day, what they're going to say, it's like a double-edged war. Oh, well, yeah, he has sickening promos. She has sickening promos. But did you see her? She's the fool. I think that to encompass a great reign, that you have to have all of the factors. You have to be tangible. You have to have great intellect. You have to be fashionable because you and you have to have a entertainment value. Those are all the factors that this industry is derived upon. You can look at maybe promos if you want to be America's Next Top Model, where they do a lot of commercial ads and all of those things and billboards where you're just that face for that brand. But in pageantry where half of the people, there are a lot of people who are oblivious to social media. So they don't get on Facebook. They don't get on Instagram. They don't get on Twitter. So they don't know who you are. They could care less about your recent promo. But they want to see who you are when you're visible in the public and this person showing up and on showing up and out on this stage. I do not believe it is. I, you know, I know Valentino is one who drops promos, but at no, make no mistake about it. That person that's on the promos of the first is the person that you will see all the time. So I, I just believe that you'll see the fashion all the time. You'll see that personality all the time. You'll see that face all the time. I, I you know, I, I, I love the promo idea. It's, it's wonderful. And it's kind of like that little fun, Edgy, right? Um, Everybody's always waiting for the promo. Yeah, at the end of the day, come on, baby, don't send me a hundred promos, but you come up with, up here with this. Go- no, don't. Even, I don't even go to Micah because they're gonna say I'm mean. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, gotcha. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna be good. And, and, and thank you so much, Fantasia and Valentino. I mean, you guys summed it up, so I appreciate that. I, but I, I, you, you spoke about social media, and and I want to bring this to uh, Jose Mercedes. And um, Sanisha, whoever wants to respond, it's fine. But staying on that subject of social media, should national title holders or representatives social media responsible? That's the first question. Okay, so should national title holders or representatives be social media responsible? And if so, give me your social media do's and and don'ts. So, again, should national title holders or representatives be social social media responsible? And if so, Give me your social media do's and don'ts. So whoever wants to, uh, Jose, Mercedes, or Tanisha, whoever want to tackle it first. I feel right at home with that question. 
Okay. Only because, again, um, I like being on Facebook, and I feel that Facebook is a really good tool mm-hmm. to promote yourself and whatever you believe in. And, you know, again, I, I was second runner-up last year, and I didn't even make top five this year. And I still believe that just because you didn't win or because I, I didn't place, that doesn't mean that I, I'm going to sit around and not do anything for what I believe in. Right. I'm a firm believer for the system that I've been running for a long time, and that's why I created the page that I created and I put it together. And I don't feel that you have to be a national title holder to promote anything. I mean, I, I've never had a national title and I feel like this year, with the permission of Khalil, because when I first wanted to create the the page, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. I, toes. I called Khalil, and I spoke to him, and I said, Khalil, do you think this is a good idea? And Khalil was 100%. He's like, Jose, go for it. You know, mm-hmm. and a true leader humbles himself and does that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have a lot of respect for Khalil Valentino, because he pushed me all the way. So, again, I do feel that um, if you're a national title holder, not only do you have to go on social media and promote, but you have to back up your promotions on social media. Don't give me a beautiful picture with a beautiful message. Take me down that road. Take me by the hand and show me where we're going. That's right. that's the way I see it. And and so, uh, Jose, what would you say, what would be one social media do and what one social media don't? So. As, as a national title holder, or even one that is an entertainer, or on a platform such as such as this. So, what what would you say is a do and a don't when it comes down to social media? A do, yeah. do is communicate to everyone what is going on with the system that you're promoting, or what you're doing, which is basically what Khalil did. Everywhere he went, he made sure that you were breathing, living that moment, either through pictures. Through, through a, a simple message for the day, through a video, you know, those are the do's that you want to do. The don'ts, keep your personal life off of Facebook or off of any. Your personal life has nothing to do with the entertainment industry, and it could get so misconstrued and, and, and people can start to piece things together that are really not there if you put yourself too much out there. So the do's promote the don'ts. Keep keep a balance between your personal life and your professional life. Okay. Thank you so very much. And now, Stacia Mercedes, does either one of y'all want to um, say anything before we move on to the next question? Yeah, that's a very good topic. I think with the social media, a lot of people nowadays have taken it out of context and they've made it into something totally different than what it was actually out before. Um, I think what people don't realize as entertainers and as competitors, we are considered public figures, and I think that you attract the energy that you give out. I think the mm-hmm. social media is supposed to be a tool that you will empower people, and I think as a public figure and someone who has the chance to really influence opinions, I think you should use that tool as such. If you're going to be somebody and you want people to respect you, then you should put out a respectable message. And like you said about the pictures, a lot of times people are so concerned about putting out a picture, but they forget the plan that they have a give-up that next year. And so instead of always being so concerned about putting out promotionals and pictures, you need to actually get people involved with your organization or your pageant. So when the pageant comes around, you'll have a successful story to tell that, oh, when I gave up such and such, I empowered this many people interested in the contest. Maybe last year you had 10 people. Well, why not strive so hard for something you believe in to have 50 people? You know, why just spend your time on social media or 
you know, other things and networks putting out something that's not as positive as what you claim to be. So I think you should use it as a tool to reach people and get your message out there and be something positive because I can't imagine Barack Obama or one of the presidents, the former presidents, want to be the president, but they're then out there putting out these negative vibes. You want people to be on your team. You want people to vote for you. So, again, I say the message that you put out is the message that you're receiving. If you put out negative, you're going to get negative. And I think that's very sad that in our community a lot of people don't even log on to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram to see the things that you're doing that are well for our community. They want to get on there and see the detriment of it and see it being torn yeah. down or pin people yeah. against each other like the pageant competitors. Oh, well, mm-hmm. such and such place over such and such. Ooh, girl, I think that's all confusion, but I think it's entertainers. We shouldn't even give in to that, and I think even in the midst of it, like Fontaine said, whether we win or lose, we should still walk away with a smile because there are still people that's watching that still believe in who we are and are still inspired by us. So I think you know, that's something that we need to take into stride. You know, don't use the tool as something negative. Use it as something that's going to benefit you and, you know, make your purpose and your calling that much more bigger. Thank you so very much, um, Mercedes. Definitely appreciate that answer. Um, Tanisha, for, for you, how, how has competing for a black universe in years past contributed to the entertainer and the competitor that we see before us today? <clears throat> well, um, oh, that's hard. <laughs> um, well, uh, black universe was the first national pageant that I've ever seen and attended and competing for on a national level. So uh, I would have to say it's, it's, grown to, it's grown to me more so as far as, well, I, I can't really say, well, I can't say fashion, but, but my fashion, it may not be like some of the queens who, who, who've already won the, won the pageant, but I do feel that, that I have, that it has given me a good fashion sense Okay. It's giving me my uh my entertainment value, just my attitude and the way I care of myself, period. Okay. So you say your fashion sense, your attitude, um, and your entertainment value. Okay. Thank you so very much. Fantasia, um, the question for you. Uh if you could do anything differently within your long lived and well respected career, what would it be? If you can do anything differently with if you can do anything differently within your in your career, what would it be? I could do anything different. I would have ran for Continental um, a couple of years earlier than 2005. Okay. Um, I was persuaded and, and begged and pushed and pushed to do it, and I said, "No, no, I'm no, I'm not. I'm just not going to do it." And there was a part of me that really wanted to do it, mm-hmm. and I didn't, and I had some regrets. So when I came back um, in 2010, um, that is one of the reasons why I've been back consecutively because I felt regret on not going earlier years. Gotcha. That's the only thing I can pinpoint specifically. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that answer. <laughs> um, Valentino, what's the biggest misconception about Valentino Lord Alexander? Um, that um, 
I would have to say the biggest misconception about Valentino Lord Alexander is that, um, and when Buddy talked about it, Pontage, I'm sorry, talked about it earlier, I kind of, in retrospect, just honed in on it and honed in on it and thought about it, um, is that I am a sore loser. Okay. Um, yes, um, that I am a sore loser. Um, I do, and, you know, and I'm, I'm a realist. Yes, I watch the tapes, and, and I do know my facial expressions show it. <laughs> but my, my, but, but show, show that, that I am a sore loser, I should say. But my my whole thing is if you show you tell me an individual who will stand there wholeheartedly, and wh- regardless if they felt that person want if they were happy for that person or not, their emotions just were like yeah, and they jumped up higher than the person that won. That's not true. Just because Valentino does not, I've never stormed off a stage. I've never put on a plaque. I've never taken to any social media with any type of foolishness or negativity saying, oh, this, they did that. It, never. Mm-hmm. So what, what makes me a sore loser? Because I didn't smile. My emotions. And I've right. learned that, you know, and that comes with time. That mm-hmm. comes with time. No one can tell you how to control your emotions. That comes, that, 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 those are um, experiences that we go through on our own. So, you know, I had to learn that, okay, yeah, uh, Valentino, yeah, that face did give, like, shade, but it's no shade because I, I'm a, oh, my God, like, just listening to these, this panel, like, they, they're helping me in so many ways. Like, I am a very blessed individual. I have no reason, no need to shade anyone. I'll be bitter about anything I've accomplished in my life because God is good. I come from, um, as uh, Jose was saying, from the age of seven years old, seven years old going to dance schools and recitals. I know what the stage feel like. I have danced in front of 20,000 people at Grambling Homecoming. I've been all throughout college, Mr. Psychology. I know I've homecoming and all those things. God has blessed me to win enough in my life, and I'm fortunate, and I'm humbled by everything. And and, and I, when I look back at it in retrospect, I, I am very blessed to go to the biggest, two of the biggest black systems there is in this industry and get first on my first time. That is an accomplishment. Oh, yes, it that is. That is a major accomplishment. And I'm, and I'm going to pat myself on the back because a lot of times I always want to be like, well, you know what? You know, I, you know, you know, I'm just going to be real about it. Sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to get, I, I'm never going to be cocky. I'm never going to be cocky, but I'm going to own my own truth and I'm going to walk into what God has given me, and I've learned to own what God has given up to me. It's not its not about being cocky. It's not about being arrogant, but that is the biggest misconception. And um, my granny, Audrey, told me that she was like, you know, people think you're so loser, but I've learned a long time ago that I would never spend my life trying to validate to someone who I am or who I am not. You can, you, you can be pure as gold. People will find flaw. They will say they will build their own perceptions and preconceived notions. But what I've learned not to do is I can only be me and I'm going to be true to myself, but I cannot spend my days trying to uh, please everyone. I'm, I'm I'm far from a sore loser, and I'll make sure that they know that if I, I pray to God, I don't ever have to. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to have to stand there and take another place besides losing, but I'm I'm an I'm a individual that, real, that realizes in life it happens, and right. that's all a part of life, going through those pilgrimages and finding who you are. But and I, that's what I've discovered about myself, and I wish that in, I could take all of those faces back, but, I mean, it happened. It's a it lesson happened. learned, and you know, I move. I, I'm moving on into all the. Well, there's not that many people 
let me be real, to Cameron Black, who uh, <laughs> beat me those two times. <laughs> I love you. It's no shade. You know our relationship out. But people try to throw those grudges and, and build those parameters around other people's relationship when they don't know what's real. I have no reason to be bitter or jealous of no one. Let's make that clear. But I'm very grateful for the success the Lord has given unto me, and I pray that he keeps affording these opportunities and, and moments for me. But that, that's what I would have to say is my uh, me being a solution is the biggest uh, misconception people have about me. And, and, and my thing is, you know, and this is speaking to anyone, you know, the way that I live my life and what I live my life by and, and I tell my kids and, and my friends and things of that nature, you know, and even to Valentino, who's my nephew, but everyone, everyone's going to have a misconception of you. Everybody's going to have a conception, a conception of you. They're, they're going to think that you're one way or not. And, and my thing is, like you said, Valentino, it's not to go above and beyond to fool to you that I'm not what you think I am, but I always right. tell people to just get to know me for me. Just get to know me. And it happens all the time. Right. Oh, my God, you're not mean. Or, oh, my God, you're not a bitch. Or, oh, my God, you're not this thing. All, all I ask is that you get to know me. You know, it's because right. if you don't. I just think in this industry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying. It's just, you know, I, I think in this thing. industry, it's, it's kind of hard, Micah, for people to own, to build their own perception, just like all five of us mentioned. We were all brought aboard by someone and mm-hmm. to this. So we came in here, just we came into this industry, this culture, based on what people told us about it. They they kind of helped shape and mold us. People, like you said, it, it happens all the time. If people know anything about Valentino individual, I don't live my life in drama. You don't ever see me posting negativity. So that's why, you know, it, it's just so crazy to me that people develop all of these. And we've we heard about everyone. Oh, he's this. She's that. She's that. Why don't you, if you feel some type of way, if you think I'm this person, why don't you come up to me and you base your experience and your encounter off your initial and first reaction to me. That's right. Now, if you if you walk up to Valentino and you say, hello, Valentino, hello, Taco, and I turn my head, then yes, oh, yeah, he's a bitch. He's rude. He's mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, you can say all of those things. But I know every time someone, and I, Micah, even the people that I know tries to read me and slay me to the flow because all of that does not matter to me. When they come to me, hello, Valentino, hi, how are you? Good, great. Because at the end of the day, it's you who are being fake in the situation. You got to come to grips with self. I'm fine and I'm content and complacent in who I am. I love the skin I am in. So if you want to read me and then come up to me and speak to me, who looks crazy? But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change who I am, you know, for no one. You know, that's the beauty of being a, a human being. We can all have striking resemblance, we can talk the same, we can dress the same, we can try to walk the same, but no two people are the same. And I had to realize that. Like, I am who I am, and that can't be changed. Amen. Well, well thank you so very much, Valentino. Um, de- definitely appreciate it, and, and, and I can, you know, I can uh, get with you on that, just, just for the, the, the misconception. That's always, like, a big question that I always ask to, to the entertainers when I'm interviewing them is, what is the misconception? A lot of them will say, well, I don't know what to think of me. And then it's like, okay, well, what, have you, what have you heard people say about you? So, um, But thank you. Again, you just have to be yourself. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. As long as you are standing in your truth and you are who you are, people will, will love you once they, you know, have an interaction with you. So I want to ask this question to Jose. Jose, do you think it's honestly fair for someone who actively still competes in competitions to judge their peers? Oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, 
a person that is currently competing, is it fair for them to judge a competitor right. like myself? Um, you know, that hits home because I, I, I like I've been competing in continental, and you know, um, Antonio Edwards is one of my one of my close good friends, and I love him dearly, and I've learned so much from him. First time I went to Continental, he was crowned in 2004. Um, and he's judged me quite a few times. And I feel that he's been fair. I feel that he's always given me the right advice and guided me in the right direction. And this year, he didn't judge. He wasn't in the judges' panel. Um because he was competing, I, I believe it was his 10-year anniversary, and as well, he was getting ready for his own uh, uh, his own mission where he was going to compete in AAG. And I, he's human just like everybody else, and he has goals just like everybody else. And I don't feel that competing, um, judging, or competing at the same time takes away from that person. I don't think it's wrong. I think everybody has the right to to do whatever they want to do at that moment in time. And if this year he wanted to get ready to compete for that national title and he's asked to judge, I don't I don't see I don't see where there's a conflict. Um I I really don't. I, I feel like everybody has um the chance to do whatever you know they want to do as long as it, you're not stepping over anybody's toes or you're being fair. You know what I mean? Okay. And 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 um and I'll I'll tag Frontasia. Frontasia, what's your response to it? Do you think it's honestly fair for someone who actively still competes in competitions to judge their peers at a contest? I would say yes. Okay. I would I would definitely say yes. Um, I can't really I can't even elaborate on that. I would definitely say yes. I feel as though if a person has the requirements and they're qualified mm-hmm. to judge something. They they can judge it whether they're competing or have competed or not. Okay. Thank you so much. You you said it. Just just being qualified. You know, if they meet the qualifications for that promoter, that owner. Well, you know, um, you know, go ahead. There was, there was a time um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was it was many many years ago when I competed in uh, Georgia Continental Prelim. Okay. Saison was Saison was current reigning, and uh, the judges had asked us. Uh, before closing out um, the interview segment, they said, if you had an opportunity to ask us one question, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And I asked the judges, I said, I would like to know, because I'm unfamiliar with faces there at that particular time, what gives you the right to judge me? Because I mm. always feel comfortable knowing who's judging me and what your what your criteria is and, and what your qualifications are. Question that I asked him. I won an interview that year, too. Oh. <laughs> so um, I, I think it's really, really important to have people who are qualified and know what they're doing when they're, when they're judging. Right. Another experience I had was I, I, I drifted away from Continental, and I went and did a prelim for uh, EOI. It was okay. a, a California a prelim to EOI. I got a bitter taste in my mouth ever since then. And I'm only saying this confidently out loud because I always say that you should think before you hit the send button, but I'm only saying this because it's, it's real and I'm keeping it. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely, you should. I had a horrible experience being in that contest. 
and I did not prevail, I, I didn't win, but what bothered me the most is the fact that these judges were selected because they were celebrities, and mm-hmm. they were had no knowledge of the industry, they had no knowledge as to what they were judging, and there was literally a judge that left the table, you know, during the contest. But I was I was appalled. I, I felt I I felt violated. Right. So with that particular experience, that's one of the reasons why I feel as though someone is sitting down with a pen and paper judging me, I feel that they should know what they're looking for and have some experience with judging that particular system because you can't just throw anyone into judging these um, national contests. They have right. to know what the criteria is and what people should be looking for. So that's very mm-hmm. important to me to feel confident and feel comfortable with the judges because at the end of the day, win or lose, I always respect the judge's decision because it's their decision that matters, not my friends and not my other supporters. It's those five, seven, or even nine judges' opinions that really, really matter. So that's right. And, and pageant owners out there, if you're going to put celebrities on the panel, please make sure that they know what they're judging. You know, um, just because they judge uh, Miss, uh, you know, Hot Scotch, you know, around the corner, you know, real girl pageant, you know, not necessarily means that they know how to judge this particular pageant or they may have never, you know, judged a pageant before and they happen to judge this particular national pageant and, as you said, don't necessarily know exactly how to judge. But then again, that's that trial and error, but sometimes it's like, well, don't trial and error with me. <laughs> you know, I could be the winner, you know, but because of this celebrity, you know, I may not uh, I may, may not prevail in the contest. But um, you you definitely brought that out. I'm so glad that you that you spoke about it because we kind of spoke about that on our judges show um, uh, about a month or so ago. So thank you so very much. So let's see. I ha- I guess someone has a question. I have questions, but I'm going to allow someone that is calling in to ask a question. And so I hope that you're listening because I'm going to give I'm going to call your area code out and the last will be your phone number. So hopefully you're you're ready um, to ask the question. So the number area code is seven eight six. And the last four digits is 4042. Again, it's area code 786. The last four digits are 4042. You are now on the line with Micah and friend. Could you please state your name, where you're calling from, and your comment or question, please? 786, you're here? You have, you have no, no question or comment? Okay, we're going to go ahead and mute you. I'm going to go to the next person. Area code seven one seven last four is four seven one four seven one seven last four is four seven one four. You are now on the line with the talk with Micah and friends. Please state your name, where you're calling from, and your question, please. Hey, I'm Descar Lucas. I'm calling from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I hate that we got to go all the way back, <laughs> but um, the part where you asked the question about. The promo picks, um, I own a modeling agency, and a lot of the girls and guys, they call me to help them get ready for a good promo. I kind of feel I agree to some of the things we said, but what was not mentioned is to some of the entertainers and their mindset when it comes down to their promo, they're mm-hmm. assuming that that's what's going to build and bring in the contestants, and that's what the the um, the owners want the next year. Because that's very big for the pageant to constantly grow, and that's a little bit of weight on their shoulders. So I think that with the whole promo thing, I think that it should be, like um, Valentino and a couple of the other panel members said, 
some type of merit behind it. It shouldn't always be focused on the promo, but I do want mm-hmm. you guys to touch bases on how does how did how did you feel as a contestant before you became the national title holder, before you became who you guys are, when you felt like, oh, we had three contestants this year, now it's my reign, and what do I need to do to get these five contestants next year? You know, because a lot of the people, when they win, they feel like, okay, i got to have six new promo to get six more contestants. So how did you guys feel when you thought that that's what, how this worked? That was my question. Anyone want to respond? Sure. This is Mercedes. I can only speak from my experience um, on the promo thing. When I won Miss Black America, of course, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but we didn't do a lot of promos. So what I did was, um, for me, I'm the type of person that likes to reach out to people. And, you know, there's more ways to promote a pageant than actually sending a picture. And a lot of times people, from what my understanding is and from my knowledge, a lot of times people... Uh, you know, everybody, like Michael said earlier, everyone is not going to walk away a winner. There's always going to be one winner. But the main thing that I think people need to start doing is whoever walks away, they need to feel that they're still a part of the family. So for me, when I was Miss Black America, what I did was I still communicated throughout the year with those individuals that were still in the pageant with me, even some of the people, some of the formers when I gave it up, you know, some of the people that was before me. And I wanted to get a basic understanding of what it was that made them fall in love with the system, what made them not return or, you know, what were some of the things that didn't happen that they thought should have happened. And I think keeping an open line of communication because a lot of people don't realize your reign determines on what you're not doing on the stage is basically what you're doing when the lights are off. You know, you have to keep people interested in what you're presenting. So if you only send a picture out and that's all they see, that picture can't speak to you. It can't open its mouth and project what you want to say. So I just think opening a line of communications with people, staying in contact with people um, that are interested in the brand that you're... Mercedes has left the conference. Oh, Mercedes' phone hung up. Oh, Mercedes. She'll be back. Um, but I, I totally... Let me just say something really quick. I just got my promo picks done this year for the first time um, with Christopher Reynolds, by the way, great photographer. And um, it's like, yeah, it's a promo pick, and it's, it's nice. I got a couple of them done, but I've always been so focused on promoting mm-hmm. and just getting my hands dirty that, for me, having a glamorous picture is not enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's right. great, but, I mean, my my promotion is more word of mouth. is through actions, so that's, that's my take on that. Yeah, like Fantasia said, actions um, speak, speak louder than words. Go ahead, Tanisha. No, that was Valentino. <laughs> oh, Valentino, I'm sorry. Mercedes Black has arrived. Um, I, I, um, to answer the card question, only um, from my um, stance, I do believe that the promo is a small component of um, grasping a competitor to compete for the system for the next upcoming year. However, me as a competitor, I'm not wild. When I when I'm thinking of a system, when I when I um say, oh, I want to do Mr. Duval, or I want to be Mr. Continental, I want to be Mr. Black Universe, Mr. Um, EOI, it's not because of the prom- promos I see. It's because if I'm looking somewhere, or if I'm out and about, I see this king, I see this representative. Mm-hmm. They're, they're tangible. They're in your face. They're, they're getting their bookings. They're, you can obviously see they're having to rain. I um the the promos doesn't 
it doesn't really do it for me. I mean, because at at some what we really go through a lot to produce those promos. You know, it's it's that piece of well, what promo have they not seen? What type? What will be different? What will be innovative? What will be fresh? What will be in their face? So for me, the promos. I mean, you know, I do it because most of the time it's in the contract. You have thirty days to get your promo in. So hey, that's that's what it is. And I constantly release some um, periodically because, of course, you have a whole bunch of frames to choose from. But in terms of grasping competitors, it's it's more of a in-your-face, like Jose said, in-your-face, talking to the people, reaching out, seeing them, um, opening those lines of communication opposed to the pictures for me. And and, and I would say kind of what Mr. Lucas, uh, well, what he was asking and and collectively what what everyone was saying was that, you know, to to any competitor out there that becomes a king or a queen of any system or any brand, um, no matter if a contestant, um, excuse me, if a promoter comes out and says, hey, I want you to put out 50 million promos, okay, you know, if that's feasible and we can make that work, then we'll make that work. But at the end of the day, you want to remember or you want to think about what do you want your lasting impression to be on that particular brand? You want to think about what do you want to, at the end of the day, can say, I contributed to universe or black America or continental or whatever. What did I contribute to that system? Even if it's a little club pageant, what did I contribute? So no matter what that promoter or that business owner or whatever, you know, puts out before you, it's also a matter of what you're going to do in your reign to make it as effective to where it brings, you know, brings about, people wanted to be a part. And it's, again, collectively of, of what everyone has said. And so to Mr. Lucas, I, I think that if anybody's coming, you know, like you said, some people come to you and and um, and say this is what the promoter wants, but they also, as a contestant or as an entertainer, need to think about, you know, what do I want to do to give back and to make a lasting impression or mark on that particular um, division or, or brand. Um, uh, Mercedes, do you have any um, anything else you want to say before I give you guys your last, yeah, I'm your last final question? Did you have anything else you want yeah, to say? Can you hear me? Uh huh. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, we can hear oh, you. Can hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just want to make it. And I just want to say, you know, I'm not against the promotional thing. I just think that sometimes people get so caught up in the imagery of it, of the picture, that they forget they still have to rain. They feel like, oh, I put out some sickening pictures, and I've seen. I mean, I think it's really gotten out of hand because I've seen some recent pictures, and I'm not. I'm sure y'all have seen them too. But I've seen some recent pictures where they have taken the image of somebody else and put their head and put on somebody else. So I just feel like, you know, you shouldn't focus so much time on a picture. I think you really need to get out in the community and show them what this is really about because, you know, when people have fought so hard to maintain these pageants and to promote what we represent, I think it should be taken a little more seriously than just somebody saying, hey, here's my picture and I give my title up and such and such. I think it should be a little more respect in that aspect. Okay. So I have a, um, before we kind of close out, we have about uh, nine minutes left, and it's really, I'll say seven because I still have my closing. But I want to ask, who do I want to ask? Who do I want to ask? Um, whoever. But I, only one person can respond. Um, what do you think that, because, you know, you have systems like over the past NGA, Miss Gay America, they have 50 contestants. Um, Continental stays with a consistent 3035. USFA stands with a consistent 3035 around that number. You know, what do you, with, with other patents that are out there, um, what do you think needs to happen for us to get the drive back to, to patentry or for contestants to be interested again? Um, and, and I mean, from a from a from a title holder perspective, from a promoter perspective, what do you think needs to happen in order to increase the numbers rather than decrease? 
Anybody can answer, but I only can have one. You want me to keep it real? Go ahead. You want me to keep it real? Yeah. Once again, it goes back to making people feel that they're accepted. I don't think any pageant that you should compete in, it should never feel like it's a cult. I think we should embrace everybody, no matter what their differences are or what you believe them to be. I think you should just embrace them for the individual that they are and stop being, should I say, so selfish because sometimes we're often made to feel like we don't belong or you're not good enough to be over here. And like Tanisha said earlier, you know, sometimes people won't respect you for standing up being who you are. I think they need to embrace the person that they are because who wants to be around a person that is always wearing a mask? I just think that's what the love of it needs to come back, the love of, well, I don't care if she just came out yesterday or he just came out yesterday. I respect this person because they believe in what we offer, and I think until that comes back, it's not going to be like it used to be. You know, of course, some of the pageants mm-hmm. have a little more foundation where they're going to always have those numbers because they have perks and different things that people feel the investment is worth. You know, I mean, I can't imagine somebody saying I'm going to spend $8,000 on a gown and they're only getting, um, what, $1,500 or $2,000. I just think it needs to be, like I said, sometimes things need to be restructured and sometimes things need to be revised. And until that happens, then I think we're going to be stuck in that same situation. You know, girls would rather invest in something that they feel is going to benefit them. I mean, you're never going to get back what you put into it, but you also don't want to be in a situation where you're constantly putting yourself behind just for the liking of or just say, well, just because I competed or just because I did it. Right. Okay, last question. Really, really quick, guys, um, uh, and I'm going to give to each one. Stanisha, you up first. How do you want to be most remembered after you retire from the industry, and what's next? So if you can answer that, you know, as quick as you can. How do you want to be most remembered after you retire, and what's next for you? Uh, well, uh, being real and true to myself, and what's next for me, you, it mean as far as pageantry? Correct. I'm undecided what's next for me. Okay. Thank you. I can appreciate that answer. Uh, Jose, how do you want to be most remembered after you retire from the industry, and what's next for you? Well, I'm long, long away from retiring, but once I retire, I would like for everybody to remember me as a person that wanted everybody to come together, I'm kind of like the peacemaker. I just want everybody to be happy. I want us all to get along. And through my actions, I want people to remember the real purpose for doing pageants. I mean, don't do it for the money. Don't do it for the fame. That all comes once you're in it. Do it because you want to entertain everybody. Do it for the love of the art. Because when I get on that stage, I want to be remembered as someone that did it just because they love what they do, not for what they get, but for what they give. Okay. That's pretty you. much it for me. And what, what about what's next for you, if anything? Um, what's next for me, I want to uh, get my own apartment. I'm saving up to move out. Um, I'm still going to be taking care of my mother, which, by the way, I just wanted everybody to let, let everybody know that she was bedridden for two weeks, but she's up and going, so she's really Yay! good in health. I'm glad to hear that. I I am trying to save money to get my own apartment because, you know, like like they said earlier, you got to go back to, like, the real, keeping it real. Right. And, you know, pads are not going to get me my house. Right. I'm going to get me my own house. And in order to do that, I have to step back a little bit and save money because I need a house to come back to when 
when and if I win a pageant one day. I can't just be coming back to my mom's house every 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 time I do a pageant. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so yeah, he's just getting it back. You know, putting things back into perspective. So I appreciate that, Jose. And what about you, Valentino? Um, for me, um, how I want to be remembered uh-huh. is um in two uh aspects. As a person, I want to be remembered as someone honest genuine, loving, and fun-spirited. And as an entertainer, I want to be remembered by this little acronym that I call FIT, um, fashionable, intellectual, and talented. Um, and what's next for me, of course, is Mr. Black Universe in terms of entertainment career. And as a person, I um, prayerfully it's to rain, but if not, my big goal is to purchase me a home next year. All right. Thank you so much. Fantasia? Um, I would say I would want to be remembered for my 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 talents and my determination. And what I mean by my talents is not only on st- on stage as a performer, but a lot of people don't know that I am a fashion designer. That I make a lot of my my own clothes. Um, I made a lot of things for uh, Khalil's reign. A lot of his clothes. A lot of his costumes. Um, I think that that's the the most thing I would want to be remembered by is, you know, my determination, my talent, and obviously my resilience, which is obviously working. Um, As far as future is concerned, I definitely want to invest more in slutty fashion and getting more involved with with sewing and and, uh, sewing for people, uh, preferably uh, pageant-related. As far as pageantry is concerned, um, uh, Continental is a goal. I may not go right back this year. I might go next year. I don't know when I'm going to go, but eventually I will never quit until I win Continental. Okay. And on the back burner, I'm very, very interested in US of A and MBU. Okay. Woo-woo. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Fantasia and Mercedes. Last but not least, if you can, if you can give me that in, in 30 seconds or 45. <laughs> I can do it. Well, I just want to be remembered as the girl that was humble, sweet, loved people, and tried to be, you know, a role model and do things the right way in life and just be a good all-around person. Mm-hmm. And as for what's next to me, um, I, like I said, I've been an insurance agent for the last 17 years, so I'm really focusing on starting my own agency. I'm tired of making money for everybody else. It's time to kind of, you know, do it for myself and, you know, just take care of my family and do some things like that. So that's where I'm pretty much at right now. Well, thank you so very much. Thank all of you. And I, I do want you to stay on the line for me because this we still have our um, our closing, so just stay on the line for me really, really quickly, and we'll play the closing, and we'll we'll wrap up. Well, guys, that's actually it for tonight's show. I appreciate everyone for listening in, and I want to thank my lovely guests for taking the time out to speak with me on tonight. I definitely want to wish all of you the very best in your pageantry endeavors, and trust me, any system will be lucky to have you. Guys, don't forget to send in your dear Micah and dear Stephen letters for next week's show, okay? If we don't get any letters, we can't have any show. All right, so make sure you send those in to thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. And as you all know, I have to leave you with a quote of the week, okay? So here's this week's quote. If you can't match your words with your actions, simply don't say anything at all. Again, if you can't match your words with your actions, simply don't say anything at all. 
Until next time, y'all be blessed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.